Hello, everyone. Welcome back to See the Sunrise. This is season four and episode seven. Seeing the sunrise is about seeing Christ in everyday situations. In the book of Jeremiah, chapter 33 and verse three, the Lord spoke to the prophet while he was in prison and said, call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. Seeing the sunrise is an opportunity to see what God is doing behind the scenes and in the lives of everyday people like you and me. From the pulpit to the pew, we all have had various challenges and experiences that bring us to a need for Christ. Today, I want to talk about what to expect when you're expecting or expecting the expected. We find this in the book of Luke chapter four, where um, Jesus is being led into the wilderness. Let me read a few passages of scripture for you. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them he was hungry. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell this stone to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone. The devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor. It has been given to me, and I give it to anyone I want to. If you worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, he will give command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. Jesus answered, it is said, do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished all his tempting, he left him until an opportune time. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the spirit and news about him spread through the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth where he had been brought up and on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue as was his custom. He stood up to read and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind to set the oppressed free to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his lips. Isn't this Joseph's son, they asked. Jesus said to them, surely you will quote this proverb to me, physician, heal yourself. And you will tell me, do here in your hometown what we have heard that you did in Capernaum. Truly, I tell you, he continued, no prophet is accepted in his hometown. I assure you that there are many widows in Israel in Elijah's time when the sky was shut for three and a half years and there was a severe famine throughout the land. Yet Elijah was not sent to any of them, but to a widow in Zarephath in the region of Sidon. And there were many in Israel with leprosy in the time of Elisha, 
the prophet, yet not one of them was cleansed, only Naaman the Syrian. All the people in the synagogue were furious when they heard this. They got up, drove him out of the town, and took him to, to the brow of the hill on which he was in which the town was built in order to throw him off the cliff. But he walked right through the crowd and went on his way. Over the last several weeks, um, I've heard several sermons on a wilderness experiences from Moses to Elijah um, to David and the giant and even um, the spies that were sent to spy out the land that God was giving the children of Israel. But today I want to talk about what to expect when you're expecting. Some of you may remember the book by Heidi Murkoff. Um, she wrote, she wrote um, What to Expect When You're Expecting. And it was to help expectant mothers understand what will happen during pregnancy. Hundreds and thousands of people have read her book. Yet, you may find that not all pregnancies are the same. So what does this have to do with what I want to talk about and what to expect when you're expecting or expecting the expected? Well, 40 is a number of days that you that many have set their focus on to be strengthened by God. Well, pregnancy is a time of expectation. It is a condition between conception and birth and during which an egg is fertilized. And a typical pregnancy, a full term one, is said to last 280 days or 40 weeks. You see the uh, comparison of 40. Again, 40 being the number of days that you set your focus on if you are celebrating Lent and using this time as a year of sacrifice, um, then you know that it ha it's 40 days from the time you began this process. Well, during pregnancy, I'm going to make some parallels here, so hang in there. <laughs> during pregnancy, you can do everything right, but it isn't until the baby is delivered that you know whether or not they're okay or that they're healthy. Medical professionals have various ways of determining whether they are, and there are times or extenuating circumstances that can affect a baby before their birth. I, I understand that it's not always possible to detect things like congenital disabilities in utero. So um, if that is the case, then uh, I know in all of this, I'm sure you're not trying to have a health lesson. But again, I want to make some parallels here to, to your time of fasting and prayer, to our time of fasting and prayer over these last few days, which will come, culminate at the end of Lent. Um, so I want to ask you, what have you conceived thus far during this period of sacrifice and how are you nourishing it? Or are you at the point of the can't wait till this is over, uh, this 40 days so you can get back to normal? Well, if we look at this scripture and there's a verse I want to pull out specifically in chapter four and verse 13, he says, when the devil had finished all his tempting, he left him until an opportune time. Jesus's period of testing in the wilderness had ended, but I don't want you to miss this. The devil's pursuit of him wasn't done. Notice the scripture said that when he had finished all his tempting, when Satan finished all of his tempting, he left him, but he only left him for an opportune time. And so notice the devil said this tempting. In other words, he couldn't lure him with food. He couldn't lure him with status and position or having him prove his identity. So he left him alone, but he didn't leave him alone for good. He left him, the word says, for an opportune time, meaning a well-chosen, appropriate, or good time, a time when Jesus, he felt Jesus might be weak and concede or give in. Like Jesus, 
you have resisted the devil these last several weeks, and I'm sure there have been times you were tempted. <laughs> I thought about last year, I remember giving up coffee and I thought I was going to lose my mind. But you know something? After the end of that 40th day, I didn't drink coffee. It wasn't a yearning. God had empowered me. And there is the spirit of the living God that has empowered you to resist and maintain a posture of devotion to your commitment to God. So that thing that you yearn for, instead of going after it, we go after Christ. It, it is quite a feat. It's like defeating a giant. Hearing God speak to you when you feel defeated or felt defeated a week is like Elijah when he was running away uh, because of the threat that Jezebel had rendered on him or walking into a place that God has appointed you unafraid when you can defeat that thing that you gave up. So with the, within just a few days left, I think it's about 12, 13 now, what will it take to expect the expected? Expecting the expected is being wise as serpents and harmless as doves, as Matthew 10, 16 tells us. Because he says, behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Once this fasting period is over, hopefully, you have been strengthened and empowered. There are some things you can do to resist Satan because he will come after you. Just because you were able to defeat him in these last several weeks does not mean he's done with you. Satan is no dummy. He is cunning and he has resources, although they're limited, but he will continue to pursue you. So the first thing you need to do, to do is to resist him. In the book of James chapter four and seven, he said, submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Jesus consistently resisted Satan's pursuit of him by explicitly knowing who he is, and that was he was and is the son of God. He didn't need anyone to tell him that. You are children of God. And if you are a child of God, no one needs to tell you that. You ought to know it within yourself. And then another step to resist Satan, depend on God and his Holy Spirit. Don't go in there unarmed, saints. You, The devil will devour you. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, many of you know this and probably recite it when you're fearful. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding and in all your ways submit to him and he'll make your path straight. He and he alone can satisfy your most profound need. That's why you need to depend on God's Holy Spirit. And then another way to resist the devil is know God's word. The psalmist in 119.11 says, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. You might say, it's hard to memorize scripture. Well, you don't know unless you try. Think of all the song lyrics you've learned because you've played them over and over and over again. My kids used to say, you can tell it when you like a song, mom, you play it over and over. Well, you don't have to only read the scripture. Listen on tape, download them on the internet. There is no excuse for not knowing God's word. God's word is power. And why wouldn't you want to know it? In his word, there is overcoming power, deliverance power, all power. And then another thing to do in order to resist the devil is trust God. He can help you get through. 1 Corinthians 10 and 13 says, No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to man, but God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. 
So the word acknowledges you're going to be tempted. Yes. However, the word also says we have a faithful God and he knows how much you can take. And so what you need to do is to trust him and know that if God is putting me in this situation or allowing this situation to come upon me, I can get through it. Most importantly, keep working. Luke 4 and 14, right after um, that, right after Jesus, the devil left Jesus, he went right back to work. You might, you think about it and you say to yourself, in fact, verse 14 says, Jesus returned in the power of the spirit. Listen to what he's saying. He didn't return in his own power. He returned in the power of the spirit to Galilee and there went out a fame of him through all the region. You can't be weary in doing the right things. For God's word tells you, you'll reap if you don't faint. Reap what? Whatever God's purpose plan he has for you. That's what you'll reap. Although Jesus was persecuted, lied on, and mistreated, he still never lost sight of God's plan, and he continued to do God's will, which is what we, his disciples, must do. So what do you expect? Here's what I can tell you. If you've trusted God through this this Lenten period, expect to be strengthened by the power of God. Expect Satan to continue to seek to entrap you. Expect that although things may look bleak, that you have a God who is bigger than any circumstance or problem you will face. Expect to be ridiculed because of your faith. Expect that there will be people that won't be willing to hear the truth or anything you have to say. And most of all, expect God's power to enable and equip you. That does not mean that God is going to pacify the pain that you are experiencing, but he will satisfy your soul. And it is your soul that lives on once these earthen vessels pass away. We do have another building that's not made by hand. Over these last few days or these next few days, expect God to show you great and mighty things you don't know. Just like he spoke to Jeremiah, he'll talk to you. Expect God to unleash power over things that simply defy human comprehension. Expect God to deliver you from the hand of the enemy. Expect God to pour out his power over you so that you can do great and mighty things by his strength. And also expect God's power to help you accomplish God's will. Follow Jesus' example. Know God's word because it is life and it is the roadmap you need on the journey. Trust him to transform you into his image and encourage you in a world that's hostile to the truth. Love as Jesus did and be unwilling to relent when you're faced with opposition, knowing that the will of God will be done. Something is being birthed in you, brothers and sisters, and it's almost full term. Don't allow what's being gestated to suffer premature delivery. God knows exactly what he's doing and doing it in you. Don't truncate God's process. Yes, it can seem long and arduous, but he knows what he's doing and what you need to get. What you need is to get on the path that he's designed for you. And one more thing. Have you ever wondered what your baby will look like? That thing that's been waiting inside you to be birthed, to reach full term? God has given many of you a vision. Somehow you are filled with worry if everything is all right and and if it's going to come full term. Today, they have ultrasound, ultrasound machines that provide an image of newborn babies before their birth. And it And it fills you with anticipation as you wait for it to come forth. I'm here to tell you, 
that God too has an ultrasound and it is his word. Every word of God, every spoken promise, everything he told you in the wee hours of midnight, despite all of the things that Satan threw your way to make you doubt that his word will come to pass. If you want to know what your baby will look like, look no further than his word. That's his ultrasound. It will show you the details of what's inside of you. And when that baby is delivered, you will see that God has given you everything you need. There is a procedure called APGAR, A-P-G-A-R. It's a quick test performed on babies one to five minutes after their birth. It tests for breathing and heart rate, muscle tone, reflexes, reflexes, and skin color. God's APGAR, breath. In Genesis 2 and 7, he poured, he breathed into man after he formed him out of the dust, the breath of life. And then the heart. He's giving you a clean heart. Those who are his, Acts 15 and 9 tells us, God who knows the heart showed that he accepted them by giving the Holy Spirit to them just as he did to us. Your heart is purified by faith. So not only saved by faith, but purified by faith. God is giving you a clean heart. And then strength. Psalms 46 and 1, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in the time of trouble. Then he checks our reflexes. He's giving you protection from danger. Psalm 23 and 4, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. And finally, color. And when he looks at you for color, he says, (laughs) Galatians 3, 28, There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you all are one in Christ Jesus. You have to trust him, lean into his promises, and trust God's unfailing word, and you will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. What's your baby going to look like? I saw an image of him. Mine resembles his father, Jesus the Christ. Paul said, Jesus was the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. No need to ask who's your daddy. You'll see it. And then you'll see it when he brings your baby forth. Until next time, brothers and sisters, be sure to see the sunrise, to see the S-O-N rise, to see Christ in your everyday situations. God bless you.